evening, everybody. Welcome to episode 105 of the Line of Vienna Suite podcast, the world's greatest Bolton Wanderers podcast. Tonight, I'm going to be Chris, and I'm joined by a special guest down the Manny Road. Tom, good evening, Tom. How are you? Hiya. How are you doing? Doing very well, mate. Doing very well, thank you. Nice to have you on. Also joined, confusingly, by another Tom, Tom Jenkins. Good evening. Good evening, Chris. How are you, mate? I'm great, thank you. And finally, uh, sorry, least, last but not least, I'm joined by James Jarvis. James, good evening, mate. Uh, good evening, Chris. What a week, yeah? Well, a, a quiet podcast, no doubt a short one, given yeah. it's not a great deal to talk about. But yeah, good grief. Is there ever any such thing as a quiet week in the wild, wonderful world of Bolton Wanderers? I certainly don't think there is. We'll touch on every single topic and everything in between in the course of tonight's programme. Uh, fingers crossed you can stay awake throughout because I feel it may end up being a fairly long one. We'll start off with something pretty out of the ordinary for, for Wanderers. We'll talk about football just for a second. The previous podcast that we recorded was obviously the, the Enric Pedersen special, which by now will have been released into the airwaves and something that I highly recommend anyone with even the most vague connection to Wanderers listens to. A very, very insightful podcast with a very, very willing uh, guest. Fantastic. Now, also, we had the Leeds game. So just to sort of touch back on that one. Does anybody want to particularly uh, bring us up to date on what happened in the Leeds game? Obviously, it ended in a result. It always ends in a result. James, I'm going to pick on you first. Just give us the listeners a quick rundown of the events of the game and your thoughts based upon what you saw. Uh, well, well, I wasn't there to watch it live, unfortunately. I had to catch the highlights afterwards. But as per, as per usual, which seems to be our norm nowadays, it seems that Remy Matthews was our absolute hero and we got absolutely bumped by the opposition. Fair analysis. I mean, I'm watching the game on the dodgy box and it was pretty, pretty grim. Granted, the game was a fair bit tighter than I expected. We were a hell of a lot of missed opportunities on, on both sides. But uh, down the money road, Tom, if I come to you on this ne- second section, just regarding the missed chances, McGuinness was guilty of at least two fairly straightforward chances that he failed to convert. Do you ever have, do you have any particular faith in either of the strikers being able to convert relatively easy chances or are we, are we expecting too much of them? No, I don't. Th- I don't think we've got a goal scorer between them. To be honest, I like I like McGuinness as a target man. I think he's far much more used than Donaldson is. But McGuinness has been guilty of that all season. You can go as far back as the the away game at Stoke early on in the season, and he mm. should have had a brace there and didn't. Um, but I, I think McGuinness would be useful with somebody else up there with him, uh, a finisher around him. But what? Whether, whether it's Donaldson or McGuinness at the minute, they're being asked to do the job of two men up front. Um, and the, but the confidence is at the floor, aren't it? Definitely, you can see that throughout the squad. I mean, uh, Tom Jenkins, onto the topic of Swansea then, moving swiftly on. That was a similar shit show for, for varying reasons. But how much do you think confidence plays a part? I mean, the manager, for me, he should impart as much as he possibly can. This seems to me to be a team devoid of confidence coming from all over the place, not necessarily from the team talks the manager gives. Would you agree or disagree? Uh, I, I don't think it's easy to be confident when I think, what was the stat? Swansea were keeping 82, 84% possession of the ball. You know, that, that that's that, that's a quick confidence killer when you're not seeing any of it and you're just being dictated to by, by the home team. Uh, something we never do when we play at home. But the thing is, the confidence should have been raised enormously when Matthews has saved the penalty from Ollie McBurney. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that just goes down the shitter almost immediately the second Craig Noon decides to stupidly get himself sent off. I mean, you know, it, it, we, we seem to have these key moments in games where we give ourselves opportunities to possibly get something and then one player will either make a mistake or one player will, you know, get himself sent off as Noon did and just take it away from this. And we, from that moment on, regardless of the fight that we put up until Wheaton then got himself sent off, 
you know, we, there was only one outcome of that game, and as it transpired, it was a two 0 loss. Oh, very well put. I completely agree with all your points there, James. Do you, were you disappointed that there wasn't much of a reaction? Obviously, there's, there's a hell of a lot going on behind the scenes, which we'll come to lately. But I half expected the team to put up more of a fight, more of a kind of siege mentality. You know, clubbing together, showing that team spirit that Parkinson seems to like reminding us so often that these are a great bunch of lads. Well, I didn't see much evidence of that on the weekend. I don't know if you if you would agree with that. Uh, like, well, like, again, like I say, only really Renan Matthews is showing five. That's only because he's only just gained the number one spot. The problem is, yeah. it, it's kind of been consistent with Bolton. We always put in one brilliant performance, like say like we did against Derby going back all, all those months. We put in a brilliant performance then, and we just couldn't replicate the next game. Put in uh, some brilliant performance. We put in a, quite a good performance against Leeds, to be fair. We did show quite a bit of fight, but... There was only ever going to be one outcome of that game, but we just can't seem to carry any momentum that we build from those games onwards. Mm-hmm. At the very least, you think even if the players don't want to fight for the club, you think they'd at least fight for themselves to get themselves a moves a move after after all this is all, all said and done. But no, absolutely nothing between them, and it's it, no. it's, it doesn't help that the football's hard to watch anyway. But the fact that there's no fight either, it just it, it, what else does he what does he give? Fans like us that that watch it every week, something to look forward mm. to. If they're looking at looking at players are looking at taking some moves. I had the dog and ducker recruiting. Maybe they'll be able to get on the bench. Then I'm not sure. Down the money road, Tom. How much store do you think you can put in in Parkinson's ability to motivate at this minute in time? Or do you think we're maybe being a bit overly harsh on him, given given what's going on? Do you think any any manager would struggle in similar circumstances? Uh, uh, somebody posted the question to me today at work and said. For the month this this month, if you turned around and found out you hadn't been paid for the month, what what would you be like on Monday morning at work? And it's a no-brainer, isn't it? You you wouldn't want to walk through the door in the morning. Mm. I mean, I'm not going to make too many excuses. Um, I'll make a few, but not too many. Um, the fact that this team competes from a week to week basis, and and by compete, I mean uh, is in the game. Uh, I know there's, there's the odd game where we get where we get blown away. The fact that we're competitive from one week to the next is in itself an achievement. I mean, this 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 situation is unprecedented in this division. There's no team, um, maybe Portsmouth, but there's, there's there's no team has had to put up with with what this squad of players has put up with. And I, I wouldn't expect any man, uh, any person whatsoever, to be able to walk in there and. And get a get a tune out of these players. It must be an awful. It must be an awful place to work at the minute. I think, you know, the people that are there are there out of loyalty or necessity. But but nobody's going to be enjoying themselves. And and it must be so difficult to just to just to get just to get people in the mood to go training. You know, not you know, is knowing is the training ground going to be open? Never mind. Am I getting paid? No, perfectly fair comments. And, and Tom Jenkins on that same topic. Taking things forward with what Tom's had to say regarding Parkinson's uh, achievements to date, which, you know, it is what it is, the situation. There's no getting away from it. But if you were to come in as a new manager, a new chairman, I beg your pardon, a new owner, would you be looking at getting rid of him straight away? Or would you look at what we did when we were in League One at this minute in time and think that, well, it might be bad now, but at least we know if we're going to go down to League One, who better to get us out than somebody that's done it before? Or do you think a complete break's needed and we start again? Uh, I think I said I said on last week's podcast that you know it, it was going to be quite a, 
a popular decision from the owners and quite a sensible one in my view if they were to get rid of Parkinson because you know you're coming in there's probably going to be a lot of positivity towards them anyway because you know they'd be taken over from Ken Anderson but even more so when you you know uh, pander to the masses and get rid of the man that is basically a pariah amongst 80-85% of the fans I would have said I mean, personally, I think he would be able to do a job for us in League One, which is, you know, clearly where we're going to end up at this point, you know, but especially after the weekend's results. Um, so from a personal side, I think I would, I'd, I'd keep him on to to be able to try and get us out of a league that he knows so well and has, you know, form for getting teams out of. Mm. But I don't think that would sit well with the vast majority of fans and might make it, it make his job not impossible. Yeah, I, I think I probably agree with that latter part of it. I think we've come to a point now where, for me at least, a clean break is, is required. I think it would provide everyone with that fresh start, You know, depending on who the, what the makeup of the squad is like at the start of next season. But uh, if it does remain largely the same, which I guess with the contract situation is probably unlikely, a fresh voice in the change room might well end up being something that's certainly positive going forward. Okie dokie. Well, let's sort of just recap ever so slightly on the, 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 uh, the elements that happened back in the last week. It obviously came out in on social media and in paper and what have you that the, the wages and the direct debit situation began to uh, began to rear its ugly head. James, um, the fact that the club seemingly w- were to release a statement and then decided against it or, or delayed it for whatever reason, what do you think the story is behind that? Have you got any theories, anything that you think might be going on or, or what's your overall take on that situation? Oof. Well, on, honestly, the best way to describe it is Messy. If that's if that's just Ken taking the decision to lease that statement and then and not not offer anything simple, that just sounds like he's just fed up with it all. He, it's kind of like what Dale Vince was saying. He doesn't give a crap whether Bolton go under or not. Um, and it, this is just going to be a part of it at the end. At the end of the day, either he makes his money or he doesn't. He doesn't lose anything in the end. No problem. That's absolutely fine. It's a, it's a difficult subject. I appreciate that, and we don't really know what's going on even to even to to this minute. It's very disappointing the fact that the club haven't bothered to to release a statement. But we've also got Will. Will, I apologise for the, the the appalling lack of an introduction at the start. No but maybe you just like to just remind us. It, it was completely your fault, and I'll just it take was. thirty seconds just to tell the listeners why. Will, everybody is a poor uh, student. Now that obviously is an excuse for a lot of things in life. However, supermarket, his choice of supermarket pizzas tonight was absolutely diabolical. Um, in, an ele- in a little moment of levity, I'll just, I'll just describe it to the listeners. Will, you correct me if I'm wrong, but Feel free. flop on a plate, flop on a plate, would that be accurate? I mean, yeah, you're not far from it at all there, yeah. Just in the background, I was just enjoying munching away and uh, listening to your very insightful Debates. Fair so, enough. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm pleased to know that you were concentrating on that, at least not to be able to look at the peaks that you were scoffing. Absolutely diabolical. Will, <laughs> your, your view on this topic, the obviously wages and the season ticket direct debits yeah. and the lack of any sort of communication from Wanderers, it, it's just not right, is it? Of course not. I mean, I, I, I took you know, a lot from Tom's point earlier saying, you know, what, what would you be like if you walked into work on Monday morning having not been paid for the month? And obviously it's going to you know, affect morale big time. Um, you know, and I'm not surprised that to an extent, you know, it probably affected the Swansea performance on Saturday. And although, you know, you could definitely argue that we perhaps wouldn't have got anything there anyway. Um, it probably just added to things. And I think from now on, it, it's only going to go even further that way. Obviously, we've we've heard reports of sort of what's been going on at the training ground today. And, uh, you know, the, the issues that it could potentially cause for Millwall. Uh, it just seems like it's just not going to help in any which way. It, it never would do, no. but... Um, you know, it, it's just really disappointing to see. You know that we we haven't managed to escape it, even 
you know, or even close to, to doing. Um, no. It just does seem like it's all Ken's doing, even though he claimed that he was selling up and, and that was him. You know, it's almost like a parting gift, which it's just disgusting, isn't it? It's, there's no two ways about it. It's just no. It's you're right. He's dead right. I mean, it's almost as disgusting as your pizza, but we won't dwell on that one. Um, yeah. Tom Jenkins has sort of moved things on a little bit. Friday, obviously, there was a situation where there was a, an email that came out amongst the supporters. I guess there was an, an issue with it being genuine or not, which seemed to be debunked fairly after. Um, discussing also about police bills being due. Many different reasons all coming together. Lots of different rumours too. Some suggesting the game might be played behind closed doors or the game might be postponed until an agreement is re- reached with the cops. It just further just goes to show the, the, the lack of consideration, I guess, uh, that you feel that the chairman might hold for the supporters, the employees, fans, players, you name it. Uh, it it's something that we can come to expect from this regime, really. I mean, it, does it, did it really surprise anybody that much? I, that, that, that's the thing. These are the kind of things that if they were going on at any other club, you'd be utterly shocked and appalled. But we just take it in our stride because we've seen it all before and we've been seeing it over the three-year tenure that Ken Anderson has had at, at this club. I think, you know, it's, it, I mean, for, from my side, I think the more disgusting thing is they're not paying the staff. These are people, you know, we, we, we talk about championship football as possibly, you know, being able to survive without a month's wages, even though I think that's probably, you know, a, a, far, a, sorry, a far-fetched statement to make. But these are people with, you know, livelihoods who are struggling to put food on tables, you know, with the wages that they're probably paid anyway, and they're not receiving those. You know, to not pay your police uh, uh, for the games, you know, is just mental. The whole, the whole situation is completely insane, and yet we are living it at this football club. And I'm so sad that it is my football club that whose name's being dragged through the mud in this way. Mm-hmm. I completely agree with you. Uh, down the money road, Tomlin. In that in that case, with, with the um, with the, the connections to the police believed to be causing the to be causing doubt over the game, do you think there's any chance that that might happen? Any sort of cancellation, in your in your opinion? I don't think so. I think uh, I think this meeting with the council tomorrow between the, uh, with the police and the club. I think the council are going to. Um, Financially, quite stupidly, I think the council are going to agree to to pay the police bill because they've got a greater well, they've got the wider interest of the, of the football fans and the, the the town at heart. So I don't think they're going to going to allow that to happen. Um, I'm more inclined to to allow it to happen um, and and make it absolutely clear um, what a shambolic man Ken Anderson is, and also um, Sean Harvey who publicly came out last week to patronise all Bolt fans and tell us actually it's not all been that bad and we're in a better position than we were when he took over which was timed absolutely perfectly with the events of the last 7-10 days um, I would I would, I mean I, I do think the council are going to let us off the hook but I wouldn't I'd, just, I'd, I'd let it go um, as far as possible in terms of not letting Ken Anderson get away with, with not dipping his hand into his pocket which if if he will if he will find someone else to do that for him, he will do it. No matter how uh, publicly it hurts his reputation, he he'll happily do that because it means he doesn't have to spend any money. Yeah, we, we've seen that over the last couple of years, haven't we? That there'll certainly be no avenues that he won't take, no delay that he won't invoke, or, or no element of brinkmanship that he's not prepared to try. Um, James, to come back to you on that, uh, Tom mentioned then that Sean Harvey in the EFL. Maybe just care to give us your general opinion of that that lovely organisation and the way that they've maybe 
prioritised other matters within the league, such as Careful teams now. doing perfectly, perfectly legitimate scouting missions from the street, as opposed to actually taking in any sort of action against rogue owners such as ours. Right, um, I will. I'll Careful try to be James. as clean as possible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've gotten, I've gotten enough warnings about everything. Leave me alone. Um, yeah, uh, if if I had to sum it up, I would say that the EFL is shambolic. Um, the fact that it's not just it, that it's not just been other clubs, it's not just us that's been suffering in the past. You've also got clubs like um, Coventry, uh, Ch- Charlton. Uh, mm. Black Blackpool, who've only recently come out of their troubles, but as one goes in, as one go leaves their troubles, another one enters troubles. So we've just seen Notts County recently have their owners completely bugger them up. It, I can't believe uh, the management that the AFL was supposed to bring. It was supposed to be an organisation that ensured that the all the financial troubles that the lo- that the lower tiers struggle would ensure them that they could get a chance to try and eventually reach the promised land, or at least try and give themselves sustainable models to. To ensure that everything would be saved. The fit and proper test is, as we've seen with our own on it, is clearly an absolute load of bollocks. Especially, especially even more now that we know that the facts come out that Sean Harvey is one of Ken's friends. Mm-hmm. Oh, that, that's that's been known for for two 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 years or so. I mean, he was he was Ken Anderson's guest at the Peterborough game. He yeah. didn't, didn't he also quite proudly and publicly boast about how he would get advice off Sean Harvey how the club could. Do the best to, to, to trade and to, to trade and transfers as well, whilst we're, we're at the risk of a transfer ban and flout, and not to necessarily flout rules, but to, to bend them as best as you possibly could. That was certainly, I think, the gripe the Scunthorpe chairman had with him, if memory serves. Mm. Yeah, and, and yeah. I think a lot of fans had a go at that Scunthorpe chairman before it, but now <laughs> clearly we've seen who was in the right there. But I, I, yeah. it's, it's another part of the thing as well that it's, some people. Some of the outside fans are, may not be aware of this, but uh, but the fact that Ken Anderson used to used to work at Southampton and he got suspended for eight years as a as a company director for for his past actions, and, and a man like that passes the EFL's proper proper fit and proper test. It just goes show how corrupt, useless, and absolutely bent that organisation is. It needs complete overhaul. Yeah, well, the, I'm not. The, the, I'm not. The, I'm not the confident that'll, that'll actually take place. The, the the problem is that you know let's say we've got at the minute we've got five six football clubs um, in medium to serious threat of going out of business and I'd say we are possibly at the head of that queue. Unfortunately, the the other eighty odd football teams, apart from casting a sympathetic glance in our direction, they don't care enough. They care enough to, to for, you know, for, for fans or ex-pros or managers to say in pre-match conf- uh, conferences or whatnot that it's such a sad situation to see, you know, a great club like Bolton in the position that they are. But they don't care enough to, to stand with the club in, in any form of action against the EFL or any protest against the EFL because they don't care enough because they're all right. that they, they can pay their bills. So, you know, the sympathy is no good to us. And nothing's going to change with the EFL. It's been it's been the same for years and years. And there's there's, there's not enough demand for change. Yeah, there needs to be more vocal demonstration, kind of like the chairman of Accrington Stanley, Andy Hall. He's constantly on Twitter talking about how the EFL um, is not is not doing anybody any favors. How how the fina- how the football financial pyramid is 
just completely against smaller clubs and having sustainable models so that football can prosper in more than just the Premier League, it's it's ridiculous. He is the interview that he did with Talksport that got me, you know, when he, he, he supposedly said uh, to Jim White, you know, that Ken Anderson's put Bolton in a good position, uh, right, if a lot of debt has gone and the club can change hands. It's like, yeah, but that's all well and good, but you you, you would say that, do you know what I mean, being a friend of him, and it's just like, you know, if it was in an absolute fair position, and then I just can't help but think that it'd be a completely different situation, because although they have to set an example and say, well, look, we can't take any sympathy on particular clubs, but this is the absolute opposite. He's just like, it's like head in the sand sort of thing, isn't it? It's just, it's ridiculous. It is, it is ridiculous, but I think Tom's, Tom's right in what he said before about how you know those in, in sort of glass houses don't throw the first stone because Wanderers, how many times do we laugh at Berry? You know, we call them bucket shakers because of their financial situation. It, everyone does it, and it's just not going to achieve anything, I don't think, by uh, by appealing to other clubs who generally will not give a toss because they'll just more the all right, I'm all right, Jack sort of situation. And we'll just concentrate on their own lot. I think the only solution we've got is to, is to hope and pray. And Will, I'll uh, I'll come to you on this one in a second. Do you think there's any sort of prospect whatsoever that this takeover is anything other than dead than in the water? I mean, it's as far as I can see, that's the only solution we've got to things ending up being on the right side of furnace. Yeah, of course. I mean, you know, Mark sort of reported on Twitter today. You know, that the deal wasn't completely dead, but he, he did confirm that you know they sort of backed away at weekend, which you know I don't think anyone would have expected anything less. Uh, at that point, you just would have presumed that they've got absolutely no reason as to as to why they'd want to to stick around, really. Mm. Um, and you know, I think the the messages that they got from some Bolton fans, which was just in absolute disbelief to me, you know, people saying "hurry up," you know, get the deal done, get the wages paid, whatever. It's just it's not his problem. Do you know what I mean? It's just like that's hardly encouraging for him to do. Do you know what I mean? Seeing the state of the club that it's in, and just thinking if the fans are this impatient, although it's like, well, yeah, within good reason. But it, it's like it's hardly encouraging, is it? And I just don't feel like any prospective buyer would look at us now and think, yeah, to be honest, I'll still go ahead with that. And it's just more than likely that we'll, we'll not see light of day with, with the takeover, to be honest. And obviously, we've had financial matters discussed, you know, amongst us today. Um, obviously, we won't, won't discuss too much, but it's just, um, you know, the possible eventualities of, of, of the position of the club in, in a couple of weeks' time, you know, when we're potentially taken to court over over certain debts mm-hmm. and it, you know obviously the, the things that are due this month with the with the dead davis loan um you know it's just it's in complete disbelief that at this point you know we're wondering whether or not bolton has a future and i just never well, thought I'd, I'd say that <laughs> well we've been here before haven't we and that's when ken swooped in uh, with dean holdruff i suppose to, to be the, the last minute night in shainama we all thought we were saved now Tom Jenkins, to come on to that topic, I guess when you get to the courts, you're, you're really at the mercy of whatever punishment they lay down. And then, whilst we think that Ken has maybe been a bit too picky in terms of who he's dealt with over the last couple of years, we really don't stand a chance at that point because it, it could lay the club bare, lay the club open to anyone. And I appreciate there's, a, there's an anyone but Ken kind of attitude going around. But sometimes you've got to be careful, aren't you, about uh, an alternative being the right one. I think to an extent, I, I, you know, obviously the saying, you know, the better the devil, you know, etc. But I don't, uh, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sick and tired of this devil hanging around. Thank you very much. Um, you know, he, he obviously was going to get to the stage where um, Ken was going to try and sell to pretty much anyone who'd have him because he can't pay the, uh, any of these these bills that have got coming up, he, as, as proven by the events of, you know, the weekend and today. 
Um, so I, it was a concern of mine, even with this takeover that we were so keen to happen, that you know he possibly sold us to people who, while with the best interest, didn't necessarily have the money to take us much further forward. But you know, and at this, at this point, is kind of getting to that stage where we're in such a last chance saloon. I, I, I would absolutely kill for someone to take us over, you know, and I'd, I'd probably overlook, you know, the finer details as we talk about Ken Anderson's, you know, Southampton uh, ban that came from that. You know, is that the kind of thing that we might necessarily look over now just so that we've got a football club to support? Because that's the thing for me that and I'm sure it's the thing for all of us. I, I don't, I don't want to have to, you know, not, you know, not have a, have a football club to support. This is a club that I've grown up with, you know, 20 years of my life. And that, 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 that's the most important thing to me, that I've got something on a Saturday. You know, I don't care how depressing it is. I don't care you know, how, how pissed off one gets with losing. And, you know, I, I'd like to have something to complain about rather than nothing to complain about at all. And maybe that's ridiculous, but that's how I feel. Well, let's face it, none of us want to spend any more time with our respective other halves. So I, I, I sincerely <laughs> hope that the, the football doesn't, doesn't have to go anywhere. Um, I'd love to know what your opinion, Dan, and Tom, in terms of, of what you think the, the end game is here. What do you think the final solution is, I guess, in terms of, in terms of Wanderers' future? Do you think it's going to be oblivion? Do you think we'll have a, a last-minute saviour come in, swooping in to, to, to cheer us all up? Or, or just what, whereabouts do you think we're going to end up being in the space of two or three weeks' time? It's... With, with, with every day, every week, it seems as though the worst-case scenario becomes more likely um, because Anderson appears absolutely determined to take what he sees as is just rewards out of out of any deal, and mm. it, it's it's pie in the sky stuff. You know, it's it's not something that any reasonable prospective owner would would agree to his demands are ridiculous um, I mean the, the, the sort of you, you don't know how accurate they are but for Anderson to suggest to a prospective buyer who hasn't yet completed a takeover um, to, to, to try and pressure them to, to get a deal done and, and to say that while the deal is going on he'll you know, withhold any further funding to the club whether that money exists or not um, it's just ridiculous, you know. It's almost like you know arranging, you know, asking someone if you want to buy the car, and then and then them saying that you've got to pay for the petrol for the next six weeks before you before you go and have a look at it or something. It's it's ridiculous. The the, the, the man is the, the, the man is absolutely deranged. Um, I do think that we're going to get ourselves in a situation where uh, somebody will take the club uh, by hook or by crook, whether or not it is. You know the the happy ending that we're that we're all craving. I, I don't know, but I'm, I'm totally in agreement with this. You know, I, I'm, just just get rid of him. I just want to see the back of him. I don't care if he if he makes a pretty penny out of it, because do you know what, he'll live with that for the rest of his life. And he he probably because he's a terrible human being, he probably won't care about that. He probably won't care about the upset and the hurt that he's caused the town. Mm. Um, but he'll know. He'll know when he goes and to bed at night. He knows. He knows what a, what a shit house he is. And that's the thing I was going to come on and ask James about next. It's the, the, the sort of obviously the, the the lack of humanity in business is one thing. Every, you know, I, I presume you don't get in the situation, the position where he is by being kind-hearted to anyone. But for me, the lack of humanity in, in dealing with the staff, the players, everyone at the club is is what's most what's most well, it's disgusting. It's, it's not the right way to go about it whatsoever, is it? Yeah, even at the very least, when. 
Ken was was being a dickhead previously, paying Lage's way. He was at least sensible enough to give a to give a chairman's note to at least say, oh, "I apologise for this. It's just a case thing." Even if they were crappy excuses, they were at least excuses. This time, there's been absolutely nothing. He's genuinely just taking his brinkmanship too far, trying to get Bazran or whoever or whoever to try and pay the wages when nothing's happened yet. It's just another negotiated tactic to try and get a bit extra out of him. He's an abs- he's an absolute crook to put it to put it mildly and. Um, obviously, any sensible businessman, Bazran won't have gotten to the wealthy ass by by being stupid and taking stupid risks. There's absolutely no way any any sensible business owner would cave into those demands. Yeah, he might have been willing to pay to pay the initial money to Ken um, to to buy the club to get off his hands, but that's as far as his generosity will go because he because he doesn't have a full fledged love for our club like Eddie Davis. Did or 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 whoever he's just has a very slight t- tie into it. It's it's but Ken's probably heard about that attachment. How he was friends with Gar- with Phil Gartside's son, and then just tried to push it even further than he needed to. And it's it's just bitten everyone in the arse because of it. Most definitely, and will I mean obviously there's been a lot of backlash among supporters. It's obvious yeah. for anyone that spends more than five seconds reading the internet. Uh, the anger from those working at the club, just your average Joe working in the canteen or whatever, yeah. is completely understandable. Yeah, do you course. think? Do you think that they would be within their rights, or, or would you, if you were in their position, you just wouldn't turn into work, or, or, or how would you think that you would approach it if you were in their yeah, shoes? Obviously, I mean, it's a very difficult situation. I think there's some element of morality to it, you know, about you know going in regardless, and not, you know, although it's it's all well and good being a master and that to an extent, you've just got to think, look. You know, at the end of the day, I'm I'm not getting paid, so you know what's the point in me doing it? And to take action, they're absolutely well within the rights. You know, it's disgusting the way you've been they've been treated, and you can just completely sympathise, you know, with it. And mm-hmm. you know, obviously, the the statement that came out tonight, that which uh, you know, I, ourselves shared uh, via the Twitter, um, which read something along the lines of, you know, the uh, they're not knowing whether enough they'll even have the staff to open the gates on Saturday. And, you know, they're absolutely well within the rights to do so, and I absolutely wouldn't blame them. And, um, you know, the fact that they're even struggling to, to buy food, to buy petrol, um, you know, it, it's just absolutely ridiculous. And regardless of whether, you know, Ken has any sympathy for the town or for the fans or anything, you'd at least have a bit of respect for the people who've worked underneath you for the last 18 months, two years or whatever it's been, um, to, you know, to keep your club afloat effectively. And, you know, for, for him to, to sort of grace in and out whenever he pleases, along with his right-hand man, Aldridge, who also seems to know, to be nowhere to be seen at the minute, you know, it, it's just an absolute disregard for any, mm. you know, yeah. any just de- decency. It's just yeah, it's so hard to put into words. Yeah, pardon for the interruption, Will, but I don't think Ken would have that same, same morality question because the initial investment he put in was only a pound to buy it off. Eddie yeah. Davis and but that's, that's my question. How, how is it worth 27 million more than it was two years ago? Like, just where's that figure come from? And although it's like, yeah, it's a sweet bit of return for Ken, but other than that, where's the value in 25 million? I'd like to think that the club has a bit of value to it, but like, I, even I wouldn't even go as far as that. Like, it just, it's honestly outrageous what buttons he'll push just to get a bit of. Honestly, it's leaving me speechless how, how furious I am about the whole thing. But it's so just frustrating just to see the club take a nosedive like this, and you know, to have some an organisation so called like like the EFL to to be dealing with this, or rather not. 
Um, and just leaving us to die is just quite frankly disgusting. Yeah, well, the writing's been on the wall, hasn't it, for a long time in, in the, the manner that we've seen. And we've, we've tolerated it to some extent, the manner in which Ken has done business on behalf of the club, justifying it, I guess, in the minds of some in that, well, he's doing it, if he's doing it on behalf of himself, that means he'll, he'll want it to be a success. Therefore, the club will be a success, which is, is, is missing the point to a large extent, I would argue. Um, I think, Tom Jenkins, to come to you, and, uh, just again on that particular one, because I, I was listening to what you said before, do you think there's any sort of chance at all that Wanderers can, can rescue this? I know we've, we've heard from the other time about his, his ideas of the future, but, but just where do you think we're going to be at three o'clock on Saturday this, this coming weekend? Do you think we've got any sort of hope of, of even if we do put on a, a game of, of competing or put on any sort of show whatsoever? Or do you think it's just a case of keep calm and carry on almost? From a, from a football perspective or a financial perspective? You choose, my friend, either. <laughs> well, from a football perspective, I think, I think Saturday's... Uh, results and the results for Reading and Rotherham respectively have pretty much relegated us in anything but name. And that, that, that's my personal opinion, having you know seen last year us getting to such terrible trouble, you know, basically because we, you know, after beating Aston Villa couldn't win a bag of chips and, you know, we were out of it and then back in it. Here, there's no way that a, a, a group of lads, and I wouldn't expect them to when you're not being paid, to, you know, work their balls off to try and get us out of a situation where we've got to arrest, what is it, a, six, a seven point gap now? So no, I think I think you know it's League One football next season, and you know, that's obviously a major disappointment. But obviously the future of the club is the most important thing. Um, and and whether or not I think it was discussed today on 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 the line of Vienna chat, whether or not administration now would be the, would be a better option because you know I, I don't think there's any rescuing the for it from a football side. So take the whatever it is, twelve point hit, and you know see see if that would 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 at least guarantee that the club might 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 continue it to exist. Mm. I mean I mean I, I agree with Tom. I, I think. There is a big chance that you know there'll be a quote-unquote knight from shining armor who'll come and rescue us at the last minute. But it's it's whether or not, as we've already discussed, he's worse than Anderson, same as Anderson, or, or better than Anderson, and we have got we're in no position to bargain with, with anyone at this point. I completely agree with that, Tom, because it, it's at this point now where I presume that the takeover is completely dead. Like we're actually looking at admin as the best option. Is admin even really an option? Because well, because we I don't mean, have a pot really into pissing anymore at least in the past there's been some reserve, reserve funds like yeah. whether that's the five million that eddie davis left behind before that, that he was going to put in before it um, relies on in at last minute or whatever it was the blue marble yeah. three million to take over back in september but I, I, I do is that even an option anymore that's what we don't even know it relies on the uh, creditors selling debts i think or something along those lines so I was going to say relying on external crisis to you know to let us off the hook just isn't realistic, is it at all? Um, I think the, if you look at if you look at Coventry City, there's one big asset that we still have hold of um, that's, that's the ground, probably yeah, going to be most under threat, and that's the stadium. Yep. I mean, at least we're not at the point that. Uh, was it Charleston or Coventry we're at where they were demanding that the own that the AFL was to buy them out and then rent the stadium back? That was I mean, Charleston. We're, we're not quite there just yet, are we? But you know, it's it's looking like you know, like you said, our stadium is our prize asset, and if that goes, then we've literally got nothing to our name but you know, a squad of twenty-five players or whatever it is. Yeah, it's bleak, isn't it? I mean, does anybody disagree with the with the assumption that relegation is inevitable at this point? Start bringing things back onto football. Nope. <laughs> nope. It would take a miracle. It certainly would, wouldn't it? I think it's a miracle that we're not already cut adrift in, in the manner that it was, which seemed to be as well at yeah. this stage of the season, given how, how pretty awful it's been with, without change since the best part of what, late September, when things really started taking a turn for the worst. OK, um, 
so let me just have a quick track back through. I think we've covered most topics, haven't we, lads, in terms of the the, the, the financial shit show. On the field, it is what it is, I guess. There's, there's not really much uh, much we can think of that's going to be positive about that. However, they, uh, Jason Lowe being suspended for another game, maybe viewed as a positive by some, I'm not too sure. But with Millwall in mind, we'll, we'll pretend the game's going to go ahead because it's before the 20th of March deadline and we'll assume that something happens with the, with the council and they're prepared to let us off the hook for, for what we owe them and, and what we would owe the cops to. Um, to come to you guys in turn, uh, what what do you think about the game on Saturday? Who would you replace uh, Weeter and Noon with? I mean, it seems fairly obvious to me, given the lack of choice in the squad. But down the money road, Tom, come to you. Obviously, Low, Weeter and Noon are suspended for the game. Um, your thoughts on replacements and how we might possibly line up? Is, is Hobbs fully fit? It came on at weekends, so let, well, I, think, so, I think we should, we should, we should, <laughs> we should presume so, I guess. I think we're going to be we're going to be sort of our hands going to be forced, isn't it? I think we're probably going to see Hobbs and Beavers at centre back. Um, maybe maybe into midfield we might see I don't know Vella Williams O'Neill and then Buckley on the wing. Mm. But I think it's just a case of who's left. Yeah, definitely, James. Any any advancements on that? Any disagreements? Any any alterations you might think? Uh, well, the midfield gets chopped and changed anyway, so I, so I can even begin to think who who could be playing there. But maybe maybe exchange Vela for Connell because that that happened last that happened against Swansea. Maybe possibly Connolly at centre back and Grant's at left back though. That's not really much better. I, I, honestly, it really doesn't matter what team we play at this point. Either way, we're we're buggered. So yeah, well, yeah, same question to you, Will. Um, yeah, I'd expect to see Hobbs and Beavers at the back. Um, possibly Williams, O'Neill um, and Connell in the middle, at least I'd hope. And then, unfortunately, have to suffer Will Buckley on the wing, perhaps, you know, in a 4-3-3 with, with Amiobi on the other side. I mean, obviously, we've yeah. been playing with, with two up top at, at the minute, but, you know, we, we might see our hand, you know, forced, I guess, as you say, um, and they're changing formation, possibly. But, you know, like I, I said, I think it's a bit... It, sorry, so, sorry, sorry, before I forget, uh, wasn't McGuinness injured against Swansea as well? One he miss, possibly miss out. Yeah, he'll, he'll possibly miss out as well. So I don't think, unless he miraculously plays hot, I don't think we'll even have uh, two up top either. I mean, not that it will make a difference, but Donaldson up top, but it's just there's nothing worse than that. <laughs> so, well, got that to look forward to. I generally hope it gets Sorry, just say that again. <laughs> Sorry, um, he refuses to play Hall, doesn't he, Parkinson? So he has to be Donaldson up front. Although, I, 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 hopefully, Connor will get himself a you know space on the bench, possibly with McGinnis out injured, or we assume out injured. The thing is, it's, it's the kind of thing, isn't it, that you'd have thought, given that we're in such a terrible position with uh, only having two senior strikers available, and yet I've seen nothing reported about you know what happened to McGinnis, you know, in in you know today or yesterday. And, and that that sort of sums up the shit show that it has been in terms of you know the finances and how much has taken precedence that we've completely forgotten that we are down to one single striker at the club. Uh, staff aren't getting paid to report anything on McGuinness. Well, I don't, I don't, I know something interesting today. If you notice the, um, I think it was the under 23s playing Crystal Palace and how we were relied on you know retweeting whenever there was a goal or like a, a half time or a full time. So that that is literally the limit of the Twitter uh, account's job now. I think that they're, they're sort of deciding that they might do something, but they're not actually going to report on any games at this point whilst they're not being paid. I don't blame them. Mm, no, I mean it's it's obviously it affects staff from from the very very top down to something even as simple as 
of the lad that runs the Twitter, obviously off his club telephone. But I just want to just come back just to something that that, that Tom Danny Manny Road Tom said before, but I'm going to direct it at you, Tom. Other Tom Jenkins, just to keep things nice and simple. Mentioned Josh Vella's name there. Vella hasn't been seen very much lately, has he? Do you think the lad has much of a future at Wanderers, or do you think it's time for a separation of parties there? If we get relegated, we know we can do it in League One. So I, I think it would be worth keeping on there. I, I just, I'm just so disappointed with how he's performed since since we got promoted. And I think you know, I speak for all of us when I say that. Just he he was he was a revelation in that attacking midfield role in League One. And you just hoped that you know there was a player in there who could you know do the Ryan Woods role or the Ben Pearson role or something in midfield. You know, take control of the game for God's sake. And he just he goes missing so easily. And I just. When we, he's on a team sheet, but I don't see him on the pitch doing anything. At least Williams, you see him on the pitch for either shit out or terrible passing reasons. Vela's just a complete non-event. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid I agree with you on that. Does anybody, anybody have any other sort of strong opinions on the Vela situation? Do you think there's a, a chance that we can, he can resurrect his career with us, or, or will come to you on that one first? Do you think that uh, a part in other ways is inevitable now? I think we've spoken on it a few times, haven't we, on previous podcasts. Mm. And it's sort of divided opinion massively. I think we're all sort of in the favour that he's, he's not performed at all this season um, and that, you know, League One is sort of his level, you know, without being too harsh on him. But, um, you know, I think the, the possibility of him leaving at the end of his contract is, 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 you know, likely at this point. But at the same time, you know, we are, we have seen the, the evidence of him, you know, putting in a shift in League One. Not that he isn't now, but, you know, but actually performing well and, and, and mm. to his potential. Um, so I'm hoping that he will get a chance next year possibly just because I know how, how, how good he was in that one season in League One um, but it, it, again if he, if he leaves it wouldn't surprise me at all to be honest No, James would you be disappointed to see him go? Uh, I'd be disappointed to see him go if he got relegated because like we say we know they can do a job there and he'll be a player again but if somehow miraculous stay with the championship I'd be happy to part ways with him because I still don't think he could at this level and no and if he left, he's not going to get. I very much doubt he's going to get a championship move. No, I, he, I completely agree. Yeah, I completely he, he, agree. he can't even sell himself as a young player that can still have potential anymore, or at least not in my opinion, since he's not been able to score for two years in championship or even in the years prior. He's twenty-five. You know, he should be. He should be beginning to approach his peak, and, and unfortunately, seeing that, that that could be a million miles away. Finally, for, for down the money road, Tommy, there's a lot of the squad out of contracts. Obviously, as we know, are there any ones that you're particularly rushing to keep? I mean, we'll, we'll, say, we'll say with relegation being an, an inevitable prospect. Yeah. The, the, the only the only player that I, that I would absolutely want to keep hold of is, is already under contract for next year, and that's the goalkeeper. Mm. Um, and I guess that's probably a sign of what a sorry state the season has been. I think that uh, Ben Annix had a, had a good season, considering. I think Remy Matthews has done okay when, he, when he's come in, to be fair to him, when he's not throwing one in the net at Leeds. Um, in, in terms of in terms of out, outfield talent, as part of a wider idea of, 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 of starting from scratch, there, there's nobody that I'm that I'm desperately wanting to keep hold of going into next season. I, I, for me, the more change, the better. And I, I, I don't I don't mean that in an I don't mean that in an overly negative sense. You know, I'm not saying you know get them all out. They're all terrible. I just think. For, for everyone, them, themselves included, just get out of the club. You know, people talking about Vela. I mean, it's it's very sad with Josh Vela because he had so much potential at 17, 18 years old. And as a club, we've not done his talent any justice. Um, and I, I know, I know, 
he's a big part of that and he hasn't realised his potential but I'm, I'm, I'm very confident that, that a proper football club uh, with the right facilities, the right training, the right management would have got much more out of him as a young player than we have. Yeah, it's sad to see, isn't it? I mean, the, the, the years of, of listening to people tell us about what a prospect he was and to see him in the first team. He's been, he's been in and around the first team now for six or seven seasons and I think it's a shame and I think you're right. I think we've let him down as much as he maybe feels like he's not pushed forward as much as he may have done. So, yeah, I think a part of the way is maybe beneficial for both teams in that case. And and as regards the rest of the squad, then, yeah, you know, by all means, let's, if we go down, fine. Let's see what we can do with a fresh approach. Get get some new new faces in there. Ones perhaps not necessarily so tainted by what's gone on in the past. Those experiences that they've been through whilst at the club, uh, and see where we can where we go from there. But I think that we'll call that a night. I think for uh, for the podcast this evening, lads. I'm very much grateful for your contribution. I know it's been a difficult subject, and um, fingers crossed that by the time we next speak after the Millwall game, we may hopefully have some positive news. Um, I'm not going to hold my breath though. So to summarise, um, I've been joined tonight. I've been Chris, and I've been joined by Will. Will, would you like to let the listeners know where they can find you on social media, so they can tell you about your terrible pizza choices? Yes, they can find me on Twitter at wi1lj, and obviously you can find my rubbish articles on Line of Vienna. And you can find his rubbish tea at Sainsbury's in the freezer aisle. James, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you can find me uh, Real James Jarvis. Fantastic, Tom Jenkins. Uh, I'm taking a Twitter sabbatical following your lead, Chris. So, you know, they can look for me, but they won't find me. <laughs> I'm pleased to have inspired you in some small way. You'll feel you'll feel liberated, I promise you. And down the money road, Tom, where can people find you? Don't look for me. I'll find you. I'll be looking through your bedroom window. <laughs> That's the best one, yeah. Yeah, no, no, that's that's how we met. In fact, fantastic, good man. That's number. <laughs> and of course, you can follow the you can follow everything that comes out of the website Line Vienna STE, the one stop shop for everything you need, Bolton Wonders wise. So, lads, thank you again for this evening. Ken, do the right thing, and we'll be back with episode hundred and six. Will, am I right in thinking? It is. Next yeah, hundred and six. Hundred and six. Leave us a review on iTunes. Don't forget that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no exactly. Five stars, or don't bother wasting your time. So, yeah, with nothing else to say, lads, I'll say goodnight all. I've been Chris, so goodnight, Chris. Goodnight, Will. Goodnight, Will. Goodnight, James. Fuck off, Ken. <laughs> and goodnight, and goodnight, the Tom Twins. Goodnight, Tom Twins. Cheers. Bye.